0: Open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Alleluia. Christ hath appeared unto us.
1: above all gods. In his hand are the deep places of the earth, the strength of the hills is his also. See, is his, and he made it, and his hands formed the drum. before the Lord our Maker. For He is a God and we are the people of His pasture and the sheep of His hand. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, shall
0: be world. Without end. Amen. Christ hath appeared unto us. O come, let us worship Him. Your lightnings lightened the world, the earth trembled and shook. How amiable are thy tabernacles, O Lord of hosts! My soul longeth, yea, even fainteth for the courts of the Lord. Blessed are they that dwell in thy house, they will be still praising thee. For a day in thy court is better than a thousand elsewhere. I had rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Your lightnings lightened the world. The earth trembled and shook. The Old Testament lesson for this Feast of the Transfiguration of our Lord is written in the 34th chapter of Exodus, beginning at the 29th verse. When Moses came down from Mount Sinai, with the two tablets of the covenant in Moses' hand, when he came down from the mountain, Moses didn't know that the skin of his face shone by reason of his speaking with God. When Aaron and all the children of Israel saw Moses, Behold, the skin of his face shone, and they were afraid to come near him. Moses called to them, and Aaron and all the rulers of the congregation returned to him, and Moses spoke to them. Afterward all the children of Israel came near, and he gave them all the commandments that the Lord had spoken with him on Mount Sinai. When Moses was done speaking with them, he put a veil on his face." But when Moses went in before the Lord to speak with him, he took the veil off, until he came out. And he came out, and spoke to the children of Israel that which he was commanded. The children of Israel saw Moses' face, that the skin of Moses' face shone. So Moses put the veil on his face again, until he went in to speak with him. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. The Epistle is written in the first chapter of the second epistle of St. Peter, beginning at the 16th verse. Brothers, for we didn't follow cunningly devised fables when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of His majesty. For He received from God the Father honor and glory when the voice came to Him from the majestic glory this is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. We heard this voice come out of heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. We have the more sure word of prophecy, and you do well that you heed it, as to a lamp shining in a dark place, until the day dawns, and the morning star arises in your hearts. Knowing this first, THAT NO PROPHECY OF SCRIPTURE IS OF PRIVATE INTERPRETATION, FOR NO PROPHECY EVER CAME BY THE WILL OF MAN, BUT HOLY MEN OF GOD SPOKE, BEING MOVED BY THE HOLY SPIRIT. O LORD, HAVE MERCY UPON US. THANKS BE TO GOD. THOU ART FAIRER THAN THE CHILDREN OF MEN. GRACE IS POURED INTO THY LIPS. THE LORD SAID UNTO MY LORD, SIT THOU AT MY RIGHT HAND, UNTIL I MAKE THINE ENEMIES THY FOOTSTOOL. Alleluia! SING UNTO THE LORD, BLESS HIS NAME, SHOW FORTH HIS PRAISE FROM DAY TO DAY, DECLARE HIS GLORY AMONG THE HEATHEN, HIS WONDERS AMONG ALL PEOPLE. Alleluia! THE GOSPEL IS ACCORDING TO ST. MATTHEW, THE SEVENTEENTH CHAPTER. Glory be to thee, O Lord. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, his brother, and brought them up into a high mountain by themselves. He was transfigured before them, his face shone like the sun, and his garments became as white as the light. Behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, talking with him. Peter answered and said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you want, I will make three tents here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, behold, a voice out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard it, they fell on their faces and were very afraid. Jesus came and touched them and said, Get up, and don't be afraid. Lifting up their eyes, they saw no one except Jesus alone. As they were coming down from the mountain, Jesus commanded them, saying, Don't tell anyone what you saw, until the Son of Man has risen from the dead. Here ends the Gospel. Praise be to thee, O Christ. Arise, shine, for thy light is come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. And the Gentiles shall come to the light, and kings to the brightness of thy rising, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today we see in our lesson that three disciples ascend the mountain with our Lord, but what we don't see, at least immediately, is that they probably didn't do it in the highest of spirits. Because right before this episode, our Lord shows them he had to suffer, be killed, and raised on the third day. And Peter, he wanted nothing of it. When he Heard this from our Lord, he said, Far be it from you, Lord, for this shall never happen to you. And then our Lord rebukes Peter and the apostles in one of the harshest ways in all of Scripture. Get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me. If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. In other words, he told Peter, No, I must die. And you must die with me. So it's easy to picture the three disciples ascending the mountain with rather long faces, in awkward silence, afraid to speak. But when you hear that and you consider all that, who would blame them for being discouraged? They believed and they confessed that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Even though Peter didn't want him to die, that was Peter's confession. You are the Son of the Living God. They confess that Jesus is the God of the Old Testament that we hear all the stories about. In fact, our antiphon touches on that. It says, Your lightnings, praying to God, your lightnings lighted up the world, the earth trembled and shook. In fact, this psalm is bringing up a memory that the disciples probably had in their heads already. The memory of the Exodus and the Red Sea. And what this psalm is doing is it's recalling for us how God led his people by a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night to the shore of the Red Sea. It reminds us of how when they were at the shore of the Red Sea Pharaoh's army was chasing them down and the only thing that saved Israel was that pillar of cloud coming down and separating the two so that one couldn't get to the other. It covered Pharaoh's army with darkness and it illuminated and brought a bright light to all of Israel throughout the entire night. The psalm recalls how In that moment, in the Exodus, God's thunder sounded through the rolling clouds in the sky. His lightnings lighted not just there, but it says that his lightnings lit up the entire world. And all that happened as the Spirit and the wind came to separate the waters, leading the Israelites through the dry ground. And how the same Spirit in those waters crushed Pharaoh's army in the abyss where when they were crushed the earth trembled and shook that's what the psalm says and so this psalm brings to mind God's glorious work as Israel entered the water as slaves and left the waters rose from the waters as God's own people Now, the disciples, they know this psalm well, and they know the story of the Exodus very well. The God of this mighty act is who they confess Jesus to be. The God who plagued Egypt, the God who killed their firstborn, who controlled nature in the clouds and thunder, lightning and water, the God who delivered Israel and crushed the enemy. That made all of the world and all of nature an event to how he delivered Israel. This is the God that they confessed Jesus to be. The God of might and power acting for his people. When Peter said, you are the son of the living God, this is who he meant. So to hear that this man, who they confessed as the almighty God, would suffer and die on the cross at the hand of their enemies, to them, when they confessed Him as the Almighty God, to them the idea of Him dying on the cross was defeating and discouraging. And then our Lord also told them that they too must pick up their crosses and follow Him had to have caused them despair. That's the scene. That's what's happening as they're ascending the mountain with our Lord. They're in great lament. They're in mourning. And then as they get to the top of the mountain, as they're mourning all of this, imagine their surprise as suddenly, it tells us in the text, Jesus was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. And behold, there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with him. And Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good that we are here. So one moment they're lamenting. The next moment they see our Lord shining in glory with power and might. And they see Moses and Elijah talking with him. They're lamenting one moment. Then the next moment they see Moses and they're reminded of God's great work in the Exodus. And they see Elijah and they're reminded of God's great power which brought down a flaming chariot and horses of fire that brought up Elijah into heaven. They see God and glory and his magnificent works before him. Imagine the change that was for them. Lamenting one moment and the next, here's the Lord and all his glory, and there's all his mighty works from generations past standing before them. That's how quickly things change for the disciples. And you can see how their lament turns into joy when Peter says, Lord, it is good that we are here. If you wish, I will make three tabernacles here. Not really tents, tabernacles. I will make three tabernacles here. One for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. And we're not quite sure what that means, but really what Peter is saying is the same thing that our intro is saying. How beloved is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs, yes, faints for the courts of the Lord. Blessed are those who dwell in your house ever singing your praise. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tabernacles of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Peter with those few words are really, he's really praying with this intro praise. The three disciples see themselves in the presence of the Lord in his glory, and they don't want to leave. They see Moses, and they're reminded of the power and mercy of the exodus that God showed. They see Elijah, and they're reminded of how God showed his power and mercy to Elijah, having him ascend up into heaven. And And they know that as long as they stay there in the Lord's presence, in the Lord's glory, that they have a share in the favor and honor and glory that he showed to Moses and Elijah and all of Israel. They want to remain in the Lord's presence. They want to remain in his glory to continue receiving the grace and blessings of those great works. For all their foolishness and doubt, this is where they want to be. At the threshold of heaven. In the presence of the Lord. And Really, that's what we desire too. Again, Peter sees Moses and Elijah dwelling with Jesus in the courts of heaven. They never have to leave his presence. And Peter becomes envious. He doesn't want to leave the Lord's presence either. He wants to be like Moses and Elijah. So he offers to build each of them, not mere tents, but tabernacles. Thinking that if he does, he'll never have to leave the presence of the Lord's glory either. He wants to capture it right there. Because Peter knows spending one day in the presence of the Lord in his glory is better than spending thousands of days elsewhere. And we can be quick to dismiss the disciples as being foolish or full of doubt. And no doubt Matthew presents them as that way often times. But before we do that, consider what Peter is desiring. He wants to be in the presence of the Lord in his glory for as long as he possibly can, if not forever. Isn't that what you want also? Isn't that what we crave? Every day we will lament our sins as we walk in this valley of the shadow of death. We're so steeped in the world of sin that it's not possible for us to even imagine what it would be like to have a world without sin. But still day to day slogging through this sinful world we get tired. How could we not crave to be in the presence of the Lord? So that His glory can shine on us like the sun. So His glory can protect us from all this evil. So when you consider what Peter desires, to remain in the presence of the Lord in His glory, I dare say that, that's a godly desire. But yet, where Peter's foolishness is revealed, and really where the foolishness of our flesh is revealed, It's in how he tries to capture his desire. And his doubt is revealed in not knowing the path to true glory that's before him. Because as this is being revealed to these three disciples, they hear two things taking place. Peter's talking, yes, but there's two other things taking place. The first is, In the Gospel of Luke, he records it there. The first thing they hear is our Lord actually speaking with Moses and Elijah. And what they're talking about is our Lord's exodus. Not the Old Testament exodus. They're talking about our Lord's exodus. That's the Greek word there, our Lord's exodus. That's what they're talking about. And the second thing is, from our Gospel, it says, While Peter was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, And a voice from the cloud said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell on their faces and were terrified. They were terrified because their foolishness and their doubt was revealed. But their foolishness and doubt wasn't revealed in the Spirit, in the bright cloud overshadowing them. Because they already knew that this was the God that was in the pillar of cloud and fire. They weren't afraid of that. Their foolishness and doubt weren't revealed in the Father saying, this is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. They already heard the Father say that at our Lord's baptism. They didn't tremble at our Lord's baptism. They already heard that. And in fact, the disciples confessed that very same thing. You are the Son of the living God. So that didn't scare them. But what revealed their foolishness and doubt, what made them fear and tremble, is what the Father said next. Listen to Him. Listen to Him. That's what made them fear. Because with those few short words, what the Father is saying is, this is my Son. This is the Son of the Almighty God, the God of the Exodus, the God of the Ascension. My son said he must die, and he must die, so listen to him. They trembled because they doubted that he must die, which means they must die. And the Father speaks against their doubt. So you have these two things Jesus talking about his Exodus, and the Father saying, Listen to him, he must die. They tremble because they do not yet see. What his death on the cross is going to be. What it is. What it has been. His crucifixion is the greater exodus. His resurrection is the greater ascension. Yes, his death on the cross was shameful and humiliating. And he was meek. The disciples didn't think He could be any of those things because He's the Almighty God. But yet, He was all those things on the cross. And He was those things so that He could give His life for the sins of the world. They see Him dying on the cross and they think it is weakness. But it's not weakness, it's grace. Paying the price for all sins. It's His power and might. In humiliation. Even in humiliation, there is His power and might being shown as He defeats the devil and His armies by His flesh and blood. Yes, He hung there in shame, becoming sin for us. Yet in shame and death is when His glory shined brightest. His glory shined brighter on the cross than it did on the transfiguration. Because in His death, His glory is manifested as His righteousness is bestowed on us all. As mighty and glorious as that first exodus was, the true exodus, what Peter and the disciples failed to see then, but see with us now, is that the true exodus of Christ on the cross is infinitely infinitely more mighty and glorious than the old exodus was. He showed much more power here than he did at the Red Sea. As mighty and glorious as Elijah's ascension into heaven was, the resurrection and ascension of our Lord was infinitely more so. Because when Elijah went to heaven, it simply pointed to our Lord's ascension into heaven. Because our Lord in heaven, with the ascension, reigns over all heaven and earth in His flesh and blood. And greater still will it be when He makes us rise and ascend with Him, in His grace, with His righteousness, and His glory. You see, all the other mighty works of God were pointing here. And here, God withholds no good things from those who walk in blamelessness. That is, who pick up their cross and follow our Lord. How often do we in our lives lament like the disciples? And there's plenty to mourn and lament. We were born... In tabernacles of wickedness. That is, we were conceived in sinful flesh with sinful hearts. Fleshly tabernacles of wickedness. Born into a world even more corrupt year after year. Where the devil prowls around like a roaring lion. This past week has been difficult because what can you do in such bitter cold? Lives are difficult because what can you do with such a bitter sin all about? And so we lament, we mourn in this veil of tears. In fact, we're about ready to start that journey. Pre-Lent starts next week. We're preparing for Lent to go from the Transfiguration to Golgotha. Our focus will be on repentance and mourning. Something we know all too well. And so as we go on this journey to lament and mourn, this antiphon and introit show us what we can do. What are we to do over Lent when we lament over our sins? When we repent of our sins, we remember. The psalm says to remember the Lord in His glory and remember His mighty, gracious works. When you lament your sins, remember that in the Incarnation, The presence of God came to dwell with us on earth in the flesh and blood of Christ Jesus, the Son of God. Remember the greater exodus when the earth trembled and the lightnings of our Lord's glory shone around the world as he hung dead on the cross for our sins. As he hung like the most majestic lamp lifted up to shine in the darkest places of the world. Remember how the Lord, who rules over all nature, brought you to the waters, led you through them against the devil and his armies. Remember how you went into the water a slave of sin, a tabernacle of wickedness, but arose from the water a son of God, a tabernacle or a temple, now of the Holy Spirit. That is the greater exodus that this psalm and this transfiguration tells us to remember. And we're told to remember all this as we lament, because as we remember God's gracious works, like Peter and the disciples did, then it brings a longing into our soul. The same longing that Peter had to remain in the presence in the glory of the Lord. As we remember God's mighty works, that also makes us long to be in the Lord's presence, to be in his house, to be in his tabernacle. The foolishness of Peter and of our flesh is in believing that we can be in the presence of the Lord's glory without the cross, that we can enter glory without suffering, without dying. But the Father says, listen to him. As we listen to our Lord, He shows us this. That His glory is revealed on the cross. That to be in the presence of the Lord in His glory is to gather around the cross. To be in the Lord's tabernacle with His presence is to be baptized into the body of Christ, His tabernacle. To be in the gathering of the saints in the church around the altar as the Lord is present in His body and blood. This is what we long for. And this is where our longing is fulfilled. So we will lament. We will mourn in this life. We will mourn in the journey ahead in Lent. But as we will lament, our scriptures say today, remember the mighty works of God. And in remembering, may we long to be in the presence of the Lord and His glory. And in our longing may that have us come together around this altar in His presence where He manifests His glory as we eat and drink His body and blood for the forgiveness of our sins. Because if we want to, because if we want to complete the Lenten journey ahead of us, if we want to go from the Mount of Transfiguration to the Mount of Golgotha, then we, we will need to be Sustained in the courts of the Lord by His presence. Where one day here allows us to allows us to survive the, week, the days of the weeks ahead. If we want to go from the Mount of Transfiguration to the Resurrection, we need Him to sustain us until He says, do not be afraid. Arise. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. O God, who in the glorious transfiguration of your only begotten Son, you have confirmed the mysteries of the faith by the testimony of the fathers. You, who in the voice that came from the bright cloud did in a wonderful manner foreshow the adoption of sons mercifully vouchsafe to make us co-heirs with the king of his glory and bring us to the enjoyment of the same through the same jesus christ your son our lord who lives and reigns with you and the holy spirit ever one god world without end amen almighty and most merciful god the father of our lord jesus christ we give you thanks for all your goodness and tender mercies especially for the gift of your dear Son, and for the revelation of your will and grace. And we beseech you so to implant your word in us that, in good and honest hearts, we may keep it and bring forth the fruits of faith by patient continuance and well-doing. Most heartily we beseech you so to rule and govern your church Catholic, with all her pastors and ministers, that we may be preserved in the pure doctrine of your saving word, whereby faith toward you may be strengthened, love and charity increased in us toward all mankind, and your kingdom extended. Send forth laborers into your harvest, and sustain those whom you have sent, that the word of reconciliation may be proclaimed to all people, and the gospel preached in all the world. Grant health and prosperity to all who are in authority, especially to Joseph our President, the Congress of these United States, Kim, our governor, the legislature of this state, and to all our judges and magistrates, and endue them with grace to rule after your good pleasure, to the maintenance of righteousness, and to the hindrance and punishment of wickedness, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. May it please you also to turn the hearts of our enemies and adversaries, that they may cease their enmity and hostilities and be inclined to walk with us in meekness and in peace. All who are in trouble, want, sickness, anguish of labor, peril of death, or any other adversity, especially those who are in suffering for your name's sake, comfort, O God, with your Holy Spirit, that they may receive and acknowledge their afflictions as the manifestation of your fatherly will." Especially do we pray for those that we name in our hearts at this time. Although we have deserved your righteous wrath and manifold punishment, yet we entreat you, O most merciful Father, remember not the sins of our youth nor our many transgressions, but out of your unspeakable goodness, grace, and mercy, Defend us from all harm and danger of body and soul. Preserve us from false and pernicious doctrine, from war and bloodshed, from plague and pestilence, from all calamity by fire and water, from hail and tempest, from failure of harvest and from famine, from anguish of heart and despair of your mercy, and from an evil death. And in every time of trouble, show yourself a very present help, the Savior of all men, and especially of them that believe. Cause all needed fruits of the earth to prosper, that we may enjoy them in due season. Give success to the Christian training of the young, to all lawful occupations on land, sea, and air, and to all pure arts and useful knowledge, and crown them with your blessing. Receive, O God, our bodies and souls and all our talents, together with the offerings we bring before you for by his blood your Son has purchased us to be your own, that we may live under him in his kingdom. Let my mouth be filled with thy praise, and with thy honor all the day. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, Almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger. But that all our doings, being ordered by Thy governance, may be righteous in Thy sight. Through the same Jesus Christ, Thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with Thee and the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. We give thanks unto Thee, Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, Thy dear Son, that Thou hast protected us through the night from all danger and harm. And we beseech Thee to preserve and keep us this day also from all sin and evil, that in all our thoughts, words, and deeds we may serve and please Thee. Into Thy hands we commend our bodies and our souls and all that is ours. Let Thy holy angel have charge concerning us that the wicked one have no power over us. Amen. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto Thee. Bless we the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with us all. Amen.